Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Pro-Am, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. This week's guest is Spec D uh, Pro-Am series up in Canada, Western Canada, to be more specific. Series director Sean Hardham is on. Uh, not only does he direct the Spec D series, he actually also competed in the Drift League last year. So I kind of have him on. He's talking about... Uh, Specty, what they're doing, how they're doing it. We talk about the new rules a little bit, um, and then what he's going to be doing for himself as a driver next year as well. Um, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. What's up, man? How's everything? It's going good. How are you? Not too so bad. See garage? See the car working? Uh, no, it's not working. Look at that thing. It's well, uh, on the car, doing stuff. It's it's uh. I, dude, I haven't touched it for a couple of weeks. I've been so busy with like work and stuff, which yeah, is kind of good, you know. I got I got the stuff paid off that I needed to, so now I can start dumping money into my car again. Way it goes, right? And then bills one week. Oh no, and, uh, cars the next. Yeah, unfortunately, I wish it was the other way around. Yeah, right. Maybe someday. Um. Uh. So, a couple things we wanted to run over for today's show is instead of me being all over the place, I'm going to try to keep it. Like, the first half, let's, we can talk about, like, Spec D, what you guys are doing, new rule sure. changes, and then uh, maybe after that we could segue into you and what you're doing with your life this year. Sounds good. We can do that. Did you get some questions on your Instagram and stuff? I sure did, and I got some decent ones this time, not asshole questions that I normally get. Not bad. I actually got quite a few, too. So. All right, cool. <laughs> oh, it's all right. private messages. Yeah. So. So, uh, you want to go ahead and start? Introduce yourself, sir, please. Sure. So I'm uh, John Hardem. I run the Spec D uh, Pro 2 licensing series here in Western Canada. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I sometimes try to drive too when I get a chance, when we can afford it. But That's right. you know how it goes. And then. Uh, so we'll just kind of jump right into it as far as like the sure. new rule changes and stuff. You guys kind of implemented some of that stuff last year, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. So what did you guys working... start with? So, well, last year we actually, we didn't change a bunch of rules. We just gave notice to our drivers that the new rules were coming in. So, mm -hmm. you know, we let everybody know that we require Hans device and halo seats. Yeah. Anti-intrusion bars, drive shaft loop going into... 2020 season okay just so they weren't caught off guard i mean some of it is just where we where we are we're in canada so it takes a little longer to get stuff not quite as easily sourced as as our u.s counterparts so giving yeah. guys a bit of uh, lead time just made it you know if you know you got to spend two two grand to run in 2020 it's easier to do that if you know that all of 2019 right very true uh, yeah, I wish they would have did that sooner, but like I knew the halo was coming. That was the only thing I knew about. Yeah, see, and then they they didn't they didn't mandate the halo seat for the rest of the. It's not in the the pro am rule book issued from from FD. It's oh. recommended but not mandatory. Oh really? Did I halo miss that seats part? are mandatory in twenty twenty one? I'm sorry, I was talking about the Hans. Ignore me. Hans is Hans is mandatory. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay, so Halo so Seed is mandatory just, next year. Yeah, we're going to run. We're leaving our rules the same in that we need to run. You want to run in the Spec D series, you've got to have a Halo Seed mm -hmm. and a Haunt device. 
just because one without the other is not quite as beneficial. And all of our guys kind of made the commitment and pre-ordered them before the actual final rule book was released. So, uh, okay. you know, well, stuff to say, hey, you bought a new seat, but you don't need it. So we, we run a lot of tracks with, with walls or where we're throwing guys fast into a corner with, you know, a wall at the end of it. So uh, I just think it's safer in the end, you yeah. know. And what, uh, did you guys know the suppression system was coming or was that kind of like? That was a last minute thing for us, okay. the suppression system for sure. Yeah. You know, so. Do you guys have those but up I mean, there readily we, available or you still got to order them from here? <laughs> they're tough, man. They're tough to get. I bet. For sure. <laughs> it is. It's something Well, they're all made in the U.S., but they're tough across the border. So we're working on that. It'll be something work in progress. I mean, we do have a little bit of leeway uh, just because, you know, you know, FD knows that they're tough to come by and it's not, you know, it's not like you can just buy it at any of your auto parts stores. So we have a bit of time to work on that. So. We're yeah, good. that makes sense. Because um, I know that they're not mandating it for round one of the Drift League. Right, because we had 90 days um, ninety days from the end of February, I believe, to, to get it in or something like that. So we're good. Oh, 90 days from the end of February or January. It was the end of February, middle of February. It, it was, I don't know. We, we had time. So, I mean, it, it overlaps. Round one of the Drift League, I know, is inside of that. So, you know. Yeah, guys, so March 7th. Yeah, that's right. Coming up soon. Very, what, like two, two and a half weeks? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Are you ready? Are you, you? I'm I'm not going to be driving the round one, no. Okay. I, I just got, yeah. Just curious. We're, we're not, we're, the car's probably there. I just, I just can't get the time to, to come down and actually do it. Pretty sure our, my teammate at uh, Daniel is going to be driving. He drives that blue yep. FDRX7. I know you're talking about. He's gonna be yeah. Um, what are you guys' season shaping up to look like? Because didn't you guys change uh, track this year? Yeah, we actually have a couple of new ones. So we're running. Um, uh, Wait, how many? We used to run you? a lot at our at our local track. So we did a lot. Uh, we ran two tracks last year only. Okay. And this year we're off to to basically we're at four different tracks with one uh, kind of a custom track that we're we're building as a. Um, what do you call it as a fundraiser for our local food bank. So it's going to be a free event for anybody to come and watch. All you got to do is bring a food bank donation. So we're going to do that. I mean, that's supported by our local city as well. So oh, that's it's cool. good. Kind of give guys a new, new place to run, you know, with us running different, two different tracks, brand new this year. It's kind of evens up the playing field with lots of guys. You know, if you're maybe not really good at a high speed track, we have a the one of the new tracks a little slower, more technical. So it'll be it'll be a good change up for sure. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. How many rounds are you guys doing? Four rounds. And so we still do still do four rounds. What tracks are they held at? Like one through four. So round one is at Castro Raceway. We start in May or May 9th for round one. Uh, round two is at our custom track in uh, right in Edmonton, and that's. Uh, June 19th and 20th. Then we're off to, uh, um, we're in Mission, BC. Mm-hmm. So that's just, uh, it's the week right before FD Seattle. So it's just right north of uh, the U.S. border oh, okay. in, in BC. It's a new track for us. And then we finish up our season in August at uh, at our another local track, which is uh, Edmonton International Raceway. So that's a 
like just a little bank doable. Oh, okay. Fun. Yeah. Are you going to be driving up there this year or no? No, actually, I'm I'm stepping right out of driving here at all. I mean, last year it kind of worked out. I, I drove quite a few demos, gave lots of uh, ride-alongs, mm-hmm. but really didn't compete in the series. We just were, you know, kind of there to support, you know, take some of the, you know, whether you do media ride-alongs or VIPs. That's kind of where we're still going to do that this year, but I'm actually going to jump into a uh, role of judging. Um, it's just we felt like maybe our our – one of the areas that we wanted to do was take an experienced guy who's been around, you know, I've, I've drifted all over the U S and, and lots of places in Canada, talk a lot with FD judges, you know, sat in a ton of drivers meetings. So mm-hmm. thought it would be a good experience just to bring some of the, what I've learned and, and incorporate it into our drivers meeting, make it a little more, you know, concise, give the guys a little bit more direction maybe of, of where we, we want to see the sport grow in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. You guys uh so, you guys have like big turnouts at your guys' events, you guys get a lot of spectators and stuff? Yeah, we're we get um roughly about five hundred show up to, to our events. Um, you know, kind of per round. The the big one's gonna be our obviously the free event. It's right in the heart of the city. Um, you know, with it being free, everyone yeah. show up. And uh like you if you're within, you know, two miles of of where we're holding it, you'll definitely hear the hear it going on and we got lots of advertising for that so we're expecting about 2500 people to show up to that one so it should be it should be a really good really good turnout what the hell man that's fucking awesome uh um, yeah how many drivers do you guys got signed up uh we usually run about a field of about 24 okay. 20 to 24 show up that's and a pretty we, solid we've actually been really, yeah we're good we keep them all they show up all all season long. Like we don't get a drop off where we are all down below a top sixteen ever. You know, we give them try to give them a lot of seat time. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep the cost down. Lots of seat time. Lots of practice time. Are you and doing like one our or event, What's that? Are you doing one or two day events? Uh, just one day. Okay. Yeah, one day. Usually we have like a Thursday practice before our events. Uh-huh. And what we do on those Thursday nights is we try to mimic whatever track we're going to run at our event, try yeah. to lay it out on the skid pad so the guys get a little bit of shakedown time. And then they can come in and, and drive. Like, you know, our events, we run them pretty tight. We start, um, like, the first driver's meetings at, like, 7.30 in the morning, but we're done by 5 in the afternoon. So it's just drive all day. And we try to keep downtime to a minimum. That that makes sense. Uh, you guys do – you guys still do the um... – Qualifying format and stuff like that, right? You guys don't do that double elimination or non-qualifying. No, we, don't. we still do the qualifying. I mean, that's that's kind of where we're we're at. I mean, I've had some some good talks with some of the FD judges, uh, probably especially Ryan Lontain. He's been you know my fellow Canadian guy, right? So we reach out to him whenever we got questions. Oh, okay. And kind of my philosophy is like when you watch Pro Two, if if we're building our Pro Am series to feed guys to Pro Two the one thing that you see that they need in pro two is to know how to qualify. You got 40 guys looking for 16 spots. Yeah. If you and six laps, like you're out of luck, right? So you need to be able to qualify. And I think the pressure of qualifying is something that you only get past if you do it lots. Yeah. But that pressure is significantly increased when you only have six laps previously to actually 
put down a solid run. Correct. Yeah. Like I mean, I you know I I feel it myself. Like when I was uh, running league there, qualifying was hard for me. Like I could be doing good in practice, and then I'd come to qualifying, I'd find I'd be uh, you know the nerves would get me. And I think that's really the big thing. The only way you get past that is lots of driving. So I mean, if I'm getting it, our guys are sort of in that same boat, right? Yeah. So you want to give them that comfort. So they're it's the same format that they run in FD is what we're trying to run. You know, it's nothing against the shootouts. It's it's really good for the U.S. I think it works well there, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily work well here. Yeah, right. There's not a lot of driving that we can do. You know, and I've talked to drivers, you know, that compete in several of the shootouts throughout the U.S. So they've kind of made the shootouts into its own series, right? Yeah. You can run Vegas Drift. You can run, you know, like um, Just Drift is now a shootout. No, it's right? not. Uh, last I heard, it was going to be a shootout style. Lone Star. Oh, Lone Star is? Yeah, Lone Star will do one shootout. Um just drift is still a three-round series. Okay. Which I thought it was weird. I thought I didn't understand why they didn't stick with four. I think they do. I think they do a double round, the double points round. So it gives them basically four rounds yeah. if you double the points on one of the rounds. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you got. I don't know if Sonoma's doing one this year. I haven't heard anything yet. I know Vegas Drift is doing one at Vegas Speedway on in October. Yeah. Uh, that's all I know. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna drive that one for sure. Yeah, I'd like to, but I don't know if I want to yet. Have or you c- driven a Vegas Drift event? Uh, no, I definitely want to drive a Vegas Drift event. I don't want to go to a t- Pro Two shootout. Not this year, at least. Maybe next. All year. right. Whatever you do, you got to drive a Vegas Drift event. Are they, I heard. I've never heard a bad thing about them. Are they good? No, I'm not. like, like you know, if you drive anything with Just Drift, you drive it with Vegas. I mean, Charlie and Nick, like, they're the OG guys of running series, man. Like, they got it dialed in amazing. And Nick's probably, like, uh, you know, a good inspiration. We bounce a ton of ideas off each other, right? Good friends with him. And he's just got a great handle on the local scene and what drivers want. Uh-huh. And he just does a great, a great job at it. So we're going we're gonna to really run his, uh, his shootout, trying to bring some other guys that maybe win our series bring them down and try to run the shootout as well. Do oh, like a nice. uh, versus US type deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be cool. That can get real expensive real fast. It's fun. Whatever. Be a good time. Uh, what else have you guys changed for this year, if anything at all, besides your tracks and the tech stuff? Have you guys decided uh, to run things differently at all? No, I think it's been, it's been really good. You know, our, our, we get so much interaction between the drivers and good feedback from them every year. I mean, um, you know, around around three that we're doing in in British Columbia at Mission, we're gonna you know just increase the payouts. We're gonna try to do like a five thousand dollar payout for that event. Jesus. You know, make it make it entice some people to come up. Right? Yeah. We're gonna try to get the uh, the FD guys to come and uh, just represent. Gonna talk to a few this coming week and see if we can't lock down a few of the guys. Oh, nice. That... Yeah, and just bring them. You know, they can drive. They can uh, just be there to, you know, guest judge or sign autographs, whatever. There's a few really good guys that are, you know, coming up in FD that I think would be just a good fit to to come out. And lots of, you know, 
guys that are just are just newly into it maybe they've been where we are and and you know came out of a pro-am series and can give good inspiration even to the drivers right yeah that's uh how many drivers do you guys have up there that are going to be competing this year from canada besides oh wait no riley already announced they're not going to compete in fd who's driving who's coming down well, we'll i'll claim uh rome rome's canadian he is son of yeah. a gun i did not know that yeah rome so he's canadian that's it i'm I claim wrong. I don't know if Brody Goble is going to compete. Gotcha. I'm not sure if they're not, but he's Canadian as well. Okay. Other than that, I don't. I don't know too many. Rome's a nice guy. Stop. Yeah, Rome. Rome is. Uh, yeah, one of the nicest guys I've met, probably. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. I got actually quite a few questions regarding Specty, so I'm going to ask them. A All right. Uh, what, ma- what made you guys decide to host around at Mission Raceway Park? Uh, it's actually uh, Mission Raceway Park wanted Specky to to come to Mission Raceway Park. Oh, so, so it was an invite. We were we were really looking to get into into BC, um, mm. a little bit closer, you know, to the Vancouver area, close to the U.S., where a lot of guys come from Evergreen. Okay. And just trying to find the right track, you know, it's um, it's not quite as easy as it is maybe in the U.S., but yeah, a nice track, a road course. Mm. I mean. We do have a an oval already that we run, so it was really I wanted to get on another road course. I think it's maybe a little bit uh, more challenging for the drivers. On some of the smaller ovals, you have a very limited layout, so you run one, you kind of run all of them. You know, there's not a lot if you don't have a paved infield. So uh, Mission has a really nice road course and just really a good group of local drivers that are also going to help promote the event, and they want to see drifting grow. So I mean. It was uh, a really good, really good fit to get out there. Uh, we we flew down and, and met with the track manager and the local drift, uh, drift teams there. I guess the guys who kind of run the the practices and grassroots type stuff, and they were just great, opening, welcome, and want to see they want to see drifting grow. So bringing a competition with sort of the show that we bring, it mm-hmm. was felt it was important. That's. Kind of nice. Uh, I don't think the Drift League's been invited anywhere. Well, maybe they have. Maybe they just backed out of the deal. Yeah. Who knows? Never know, right? Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I, I had brought up, I was like, hey, you know, we have a lot of tracks in SoCal. Why don't we go to other ones? You know, Irwindale's great. Yeah. I love Irwindale, but yeah. I would like to, you know, experience other tracks. And unless, at the time at least. I was thinking more along the lines, like, I'm really not going to go to an event that's too far away unless it's, like, a comp event. Um, yeah, fair enough. So, but that's all out the window now. Uh, <laughs> what else did I get? I, yeah. <laughs> Who's judging this year besides you? So, you mentioned yourself. Myself is judging, uh, and or another judge of ours that he's he's been judging for another year, one year already, is Spencer Mason, and uh, Spencer we have a, a third judge. We're just confirming it at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Um. This is a really good question. Uh, the other two questions. The first one was asked by Poco Freeride, and the second one was asked by Benbro ninety four. Sorry, I forgot to say that. Uh, this question is by, yo, it's NATO. 
What do you see as something in a driver's program that is often overlooked, whether it be reliability or media? I, I don't know why he put that in parentheses. I don't know, but I know that guy. Nathan, he drives like a little BMW, runs runs some pretty good stuff. Um, probably the number one thing that uh, that guys don't take advantage of, mm-hmm. sure, if you're trying to build your program, is media. I mean, we have a ton of media that comes into our events. We hire a video team to come out to each one of our rounds, okay. do recaps, do driver profiles, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's just guys keeping up on their Instagram. I mean, as much as it is a drag, it just needs to be a habit that you got to keep fresh content out there. If that's what your if that's what your goal is, right? Some guys don't have to, and they still have a huge following and a good fan base. But I mean, the the really the fan base for drifting isn't as big as what it is for NASCAR or drag racing. Yeah. So we have to keep our content different and, and fresh, right? So that's probably the. The one main thing is the medium. Uh, reliability, for sure. I mean, if you go someplace and you're trying to run a competition and your car doesn't run because you overcomplicated the build, uh, you're just going to be out of luck. So you can spend all the time and money getting to the getting to the event and have the coolest looking car and uh, all the great safety stuff, some reliability issue that you haven't addressed or you know, it's a common problem if, with a specific chassis or specific motor setup, then that can just end your weekend. It can kill it can kill drifting for you as a driver, right? Yeah. So, you know. Definitely agree with that. You know, and some of it is, it's just finding the right platform that's going to work for you and uh, really, um, I don't know, you got to find that reliable package that works for you, something that you can understand. Like, I mean... I may be one that drives a rotary and rotaries get a bad rap all over the place because they're not known as reliable. But for me, it's a challenge that I like. It's, I find them to be a reliable motor. If you maybe know how to handle them or know what to do with them or what power level you want to demand out of it. So for me, it's good, but maybe for other people, it isn't that are used to a different, you know, style of motor. A V8. I mean, I hear from a ton of guys that V8s, 1Js, 2Js are really reliable. All they do is change the oil, run them all day. They're the greatest thing ever. I mean, if that's what you can get and that's what you can build your car the first way like that, you're set. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of on the fence right now. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I'm, It's because I'm getting irritated that I'm not driving. I'm ir- irritated that my mm-hmm. car isn't ready to go. So it's like, do I just hold off a couple more months or do I buy the quote unquote affordable parts and then run into the fucking same issue later? But granted, the issue I did have was kind of my own fault for not, you know, keeping up with it. But still. No, I, I, I don't know. It's like, like a, it's like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah, a good friend of mine always says, right, like spend money on what you need to spend money on and and don't spend money on stuff that you know isn't necessary so i mean he's very much of the mindset like you know there's so many guys running like let's say it's going to be a 2j and they say you know you need x y and z parts right that's what you spend your money on if everyone's already failed 20 times on the same part well 
take with you know take their failure and, and learn from it and spend the money on the part that they may recommend you know and that's that's probably the the biggest thing that that i see and i i haven't seen a bunch of like really mechanical failures in our series just because i think our average horsepower is around that 500 and below so there's yeah. not a lot of guys trying to push over that and you know that's kind of kind of the same number you hear from everybody you know like a stock 2j is good for around 500 rotary v8s like they're all kind of in that you're at 500 you're still safe and you're actually able to run them fairly reliable right yeah and drive the shit shit out of them with it and that's right and that's what that's that's kind of what it takes yeah yeah so mm-hmm. we'll see i'll cross that bridge when i get there I'll probably mm-hmm. have the money, and then I'll just buy the clutch, the expensive clutch first. So well, that's it, right? And that's it's one of those key parts so that you definitely need. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the things you probably don't want to sleep no, on. I, but I'm over here trying to, because I want to drive my yeah, fucking no, car. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a struggle. I still got to buy like a whole bunch of stuff for the motor. Well, not a whole bunch of stuff, but I still got to finish yeah. get, buying stuff for the motor. Um. And then I decided to take it all apart and redo all the shitty fabrication work I did last year to try to make it better. So we're also in that. That's keeping me busy for right now because that stuff's cheap. It's just more time consuming than anything. Yeah, that's right. The two, three hundred bucks in metal ain't shit compared to the, you know, just alone the twelve hundred dollar clutch I'm trying to get. So. Well, fair enough, right? Just all the struggles. Yeah. Um, Who's 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 somebody to look out for coming from your series this year? Like who's someone that kind of has been just maybe didn't get so lucky last year? Yeah, like who's who's the guy or who's the gal? Uh, Wait, do you guys have any female drivers? We do not yet, dude. Let we, me know when you do. We gotta get her on. Nah, it would be there. You know what? There is some there's some girls that can really throw down, and dude, uh, for sure, you know they. I don't, I'm not sure why they don't drive. Like, I mean, uh, just one of our drivers, like his girlfriend is, is an amazing drifter, right? She just, she does great. She runs, comes out to our Thursday night open drift all the time. Not so much this last year, but in 2018 she didn't. She was, she was really good. She was probably, you know, better than half the people that show up. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just not, I don't know what it is. What holds them, what holds them back? I, I mean, I, I think it'd be great to, to see one. And and if a girl doesn't come up soon, my daughter will drift uh, when she's old enough. Yeah, when she's the What's your guys' age out there? Does she have to be like sixteen or something? I, no, you can you can do like a minor form. You can be thirteen, fourteen, and you can still get it. You just need to be able to show that you can you can drive, right? Yeah, and then have insurance. Yeah, and your parents need to to sign off and do all that kind of stuff. You yeah. know, like they need to show that it's not like, hey, you know, my kid's fourteen, let them come in and throw down they need to show that they have some type of you know driving ability and yeah the car and you know not going to put them at risk or other drivers at risk right yeah that makes sense so yeah i remember they were running uh even i think brandon sorensen was like 13 when he did the drift league maybe 14 yeah so that's that's actually i mean he and he can drive. Like, he's not a bad Yeah, they guy. grew up in a motorsports family, so I mean, yeah, they've been probably exactly. doing stuff for, forever, right? As much as people hate on them. that's kind of the them. same thing. Like, yeah. You know, we put our daughter into that little mini NASCAR racing, you know, one, to give her some confidence and, 
see what you want to do with it. I think we're going to get her into carding this year, you know, one to see where they want to take him. Right. You don't know what they, what they want when they're young, but if they want to try it, why hold them back? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I wanted that little car you got your daughter. I was looking into one for my son, but I just couldn't find one in my price range. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's not enough information out there about them right now. Yeah. They're a little bit of a, you know, they are an investment. You got to, you know? yeah. They hold their value. I mean, you buy them for, for that 5500 and they're still worth 5500 when you go to sell it. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't have 5500 chilling or else I'd have a full on angle cast for the Cadillac. Let's <laughs> uh, talk about the Canadian advantage there. There you go. This is this is the Canadian advantage for you. My right. fifty five hundred is not fifty five hundred, right? Oh shit, that's right. I'm sorry, I forgot we were that we have a uh, difference. Yeah. That's forty one twenty five for the uh, for, for the American guys. So I mean, hey, you know, if you're if you're living anywhere in the in the northern states and you want to come and drive in Canada, you get a twenty five percent discount by crossing the border. Really? Straight up. Every every dollar that you have is worth one dollar and thirty cents in Canada. So there you go. <laughs> it's good to know. That's right. Uh, it's not quite as good as going to Mexico or something where it's you know you're a millionaire in pesos. But when yeah, you come know, across right? it, it's it's not bad at all. I uh, mean, it, it can work out fairly well. Lost my train of thought. Uh, what about there you? you? What are you doing next year? I uh, I'm going to to run. I'm going to try to run. A uh, couple of rounds of the Drift League, kind of go down with uh, Daniel, uh, drive with him, uh, do a bunch of events in Vegas. I mean, we leave our car in Vegas all year round, so it's pretty easy to fly in and, and drive there. Uh, he has some import face-off kind of stuff. I'll drive those, and then we're going to plan on running the shootout in October with, with Vegas Drift. Okay, and they haven't even like released a date as to when they're going to be... Um... Having open, uh, what is it called? No, no, they released them. Vegas hmm. released its schedule. What? Come on, man. I've been following them, uh, but you know what? That doesn't mean I have like my thing about my what is it called? My post notifications turned on. But right. I don't remember them saying anything. But did they release the dates as far as like uh, what days they're going to be uh, allowing? People to sign up. Oh, registration? No, they haven't yeah. registration yet. No, no right. they haven't released their date. They have like a import face off, but they don't have like their full schedule up. I'm sure I saw it. Uh, on their Instagram, I'm sure. I'm on it right now, I promise. Really? All right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I see it on something I wasn't supposed to say anything. I'm on, I'm on a few chats that aren't open to the public, so I got to be careful what I say, I guess, right? Right. <laughs> I know, Vegas just. Vegas Drift says grassroots drifting. What about Southwest Drift? I don't think it's anything on there. The Southwest Drift? I one? just saw that they have, they have like April dates. They got uh, a June. I think they even had a July for, for some of their open grassroots days. Mm. I guess we're going to find out soon enough. Yeah, that's right. Uh, are you going to FD Long Beach? I Yeah, we're hoping to. Yeah, You're, usually we try to make FD, so the Long Beach, and we try to make Irwindale here. So we're really hoping to. Haven't bought a ticket yet, but you know, if my schedule works out, I will be there. I always enjoy seeing the new drivers. I mean, excited Dago's back, and uh, you know, he's a favorite, so we'll go see them. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Daigo's should be good. I'm, uh, I wouldn't say Daigo's my favorite. I do like him, though. He's a favorite. Probably, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, no, he's definitely not even in my top ten. <laughs> no, it's not even in, I, I, I would just, say, I like, like, in no particular order, I would say the RTR team for sure. Uh, yeah. Who else? Osbo I like. Kristop, but he's not even driving anymore. Um, can't even think of anybody off the top of my head right now. Oh, Kaufman. Yeah. I really like Kaufman. Don't know why. Yeah. I would like to see that guy do well. I think it's the underdog yeah. thing. If you have like any type no, of underdog. I like the RTR team. I mean, yeah. You know, if you look at uh, if you look at Bond and uh, Chelsea and how they run the program, those those guys, they've they've mastered how to run a, a their pit activations from everything you know to the car builds everything they seem to have it just down like to dialed. a science yeah it's all uh, oh, i mean but if you go like if you were we were at you know they have a huge pit party they got you know giveaways and stuff like that they have it really dialed in so they have a great you know it's a good experience to go and hang out and watch fd just for some of the stuff they got in the pits you know you know Dago, I, I I like the way he drives, and I like that you know when he gets knocked out, he goes off fishing or doing whatever else he has. It doesn't seem to get riled up or anything. Yeah. So that's kind of what I like about him. So you want to hit a few more Instagram questions that I got? Oh that? yeah, that's right. All right, so let's do same from Nathan again. He 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 fired me like four. So he goes uh, with probably being more of an investment. What are some things a driver should consider or ask themselves before making the jump? Right. Jeez, I guess, can you afford it? Um, is it, is it, you don't want to go broke and, and what would my advice be to that? I should say, I would say, yeah, make sure that you have a plan of how you're actually going to do it. Uh, get some realistic numbers before doing your build. And if you can't cage your car or or maybe jump into all the tech for, for Pro-Am, you know, definitely keep on top of your driving skill and progress that in all the uh, grassroots days and open days that we have on the track, you know. I like to add to that. You ever? Yeah, if, uh, if you're not killing it at your grassroots events, don't show up. <laughs> yeah, I mean in the nicest way possible like that's directly from me someone who's been doing that for the past what three fucking years or I did two years of prime but like just deciding to jump straight into competition like an asshole and all I've done is don't granted I've learned a lot but I wouldn't say that it was worth everything that I've learned was worth uh, wasting as much money and time as I have when I could have right. kind of focused on just getting more seat time and actually being good or getting better rather than to just jump straight into it like an asshole. But that is part of, that's a personality trait of mine. It's not a good one. And that's going <laughs> all in, which isn't always, doesn't always pay off. So, you know, I think you need that though to, uh, to do it. You got to kind of like go all in. It's experience. Yeah. But I think if you, you know, still if you want make it. commitment, all in and you go into drive i think you kind of you kind of need to know what to expect like yeah the the cost of actually driving right let's say you have your car built and the cost of actually running a series isn't that much like if you don't break yeah it's it not, really that much like I agree with that. even if you do break here and there a couple hundred dollar part here and there like you're 
As long as you're not blowing no, a fucking motor in a trans every event. I would say fuel, tires, entry fees. If you have your car built, you can run our series for under 5000 That's with fuel and tires, right? That's with fuel, tires, and, and entry fees. Travel, like that's, I think that's. What do you guys. You could do for, What's your for entry fee? 250 around. Okay, see, that's not bad at all. We, we no. Pay, we pay about the same for here in SoCal. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Just Drift is 250 per round, and then the Drift League is like 200 bucks per round. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So here we got another one. How should Pro-Am drivers use the platform of the series as an asset or tools for sponsors? So I think he's asking what should drivers do to actually utilize the series that they're a part of um, and use it to get sponsors or other things. Um, what would you do? Make answer first and then I'll answer. Make noise, whether it's good noise or bad noise. So either you're winning or you have the biggest wreck of the day. Your name, uh, you have to be talked about in some way, shape, or form. I think that's kind of uh, publicity, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. So no, and I, I think that I think that maybe drivers need to, you know, reach out to their series organizer. So if you're, you know, not a spec D driver, reach out to who's running the organization, right? See how you can get some maybe more media coverage on their Instagram, on their Facebook. You can probably you just know, fucking ask them, and they'll probably post it. A hundred percent. I mean, we look for it all the time. Like we post a bunch for, for our drivers. I mean, they're, they're our content. We want our drivers to do well. So the series does well. We want their cars to look good. So we're posting pictures of good looking cars on track, doing awesome stuff. Cause you got to realize that what we do as drifters is amazing to everybody else. Like when we take our series and we do like a demo at a NASCAR event, locally it blows their mind because it's so different from what they're used to watching their whole life right yeah so i mean guys in the series need to know that and need to like jump on it so it's like whether they're posting you know them inspecting their clutch or doing a little how-to video and i see that kind of stuff as i run our instagram my wife and i we run the instagram and facebook for the series and i see that stuff and i you know, try to reshare yeah. as much of the local drivers as I can because, you know, it's interesting to me as the organizer what these guys are doing in their off season. And it's interesting to people who, you know, like most guys, most people we, we know don't have a race car. So exactly. what we do is already awesome to everybody else. And when you see them like oh, it's good crack open a, <laughs> a dog box and spin the gears. Nobody's even seen the inside of a dog box or straight cut gears. Yeah. You know, some cool stuff like that or like changing the dip oil. We see it every day, but like, yeah, we're like, Oh, I'm so sick of this, but you know, people think it's, people think it's really awesome. Yeah. And then that brings me into like, you know, the drivers bring a package that's, that's good. Like we put a lot of emphasis on our drivers about bringing a good looking car, you know, make sure all your panels are painted. You got your bumpers on. You come presented with a nice pit setup. You know, we everybody have a tent. Shit, let's talk about that real quick. Go ahead. Sure, let's do it. Pit setups. Mm-hmm. Let's go with the ideal basic setup. 
Like, what are we looking for? We also, we obviously, we want to have a tent. Uh, you don't want to have your shit just scattered around where you have, you still have shit in the back of your truck. Yeah. You still want to be able to grab it quickly and not yeah. run to the truck, but make it look neat as well, I guess. For sure. Like that's what, that's what we ask. We ask people to, uh, we usually design our pits so that their trailers are behind where their tent is so they can leave, you know, rules and jacks and stuff like that. But you know, like where your car is backed under your tent, we provide all the drivers with like a, a banner that hangs on their tent. So car number and driver's name. So that people can put a face to the car and the driver so they know who it is. And um, what we try to do is, you know, keep your pits looking nice because it is a fan interactive sport. sport yep. Right? So we run a very much like a, an open pit setup. So, and with our tight um, time frame, we don't have a lot of track breaks, but when we do, the drivers are right in their pits. You know, meeting fans, you know, the stands are right by where we pit the cars all the time. So, I mean, that's the show aspect that we're really building as a series is to make it fan interaction, right? Yeah. So, whereas I run most of the, you know, interaction with the drivers, registration, drivers meeting, tech, you know, all that kind of stuff, that's more my focus. And my wife really works on the the fan interaction. She looks after all the merchandise and you know, make sure we got a nice tent for our merch area. Make sure that, you know, people got food and, like, access to food at the track so that the fans come, right, and enjoy their time when they're there. Very much, you know, family-oriented. And I guess, you know, that brings in another guy was saying, like, um, in my Instagram feed was saying, like, the approachability of our drift drivers is, isn't like any other motorsport where it's still maybe so new that like I've seen 90% of the drivers I talk to are interested in telling me about their setup or interested in giving me a hand or helping me out or something like that. So we really try to make sure our drivers come prepared with like hero cards and or t-shirts to sell so they can, you know, represent themselves and their sponsors as best they can. And our fans go away like, wow, you know, I got a picture in a race car. I'm at, you know, my favorite drift driver from my local series and really trying to take it to that level where, you know, these, these guys have put all of their time, effort, and, you know, all of their free money into building a car. And we want to give them a, a great um, place to showcase that. Yeah. So our show is really, you know, it's show-centered. We're more about the show, I guess, than, you know, more than anything else, we want the fans to have a good interaction with it. We don't leave them sit long. So, I mean, we open our gates at 11, and we're, like, in qualifying, and by 1 o'clock, we're on track competing top 16. Holy shit, so, what time do you guys get there? No, like, we start at 7.30 in the morning. Okay, what time does so track, track hot? Track's hot at 8, 8.30. Okay, so you're getting about four hours of practice on 24 Try drivers. Half of them Two show up unprepared. Practice. Half of them show up unprepared, so they're still in the pits for the first practice. No, I didn't you know what our, we we don't do like one or two practices. At at eight, if we do practice start at eight thirty, it's tandem at eight thirty. Oh, okay. So you're driving tandem eight thirty, and our guys are actually we don't get many people that show up like unprepared. They're ready to roll. 
the hell's wrong with you, SoCal? You're the only prom events I've been to. <laughs> Get it together. There's there's some guys that don't, right? I mean, they, we yeah. we open the track Friday night, so you can come to the track Friday night and set up. Dude, my so best friend's notorious for that. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew Atala, he'll fucking show up. Like, he's like, hang on, Bro. I gotta mount tires and I gotta do an alignment. Oh, he's like, <laughs> hey, I gotta bolt, I gotta bleed the coolant, the coolant system and yeah. the power steering. <laughs> Try to get a, I gotta yeah. change my transmission real quick. Yeah, he, he'll do it. <laughs> Or he'll be up. No, all, he'll be up to like six in the morning, get an hour of sleep, and then head to the track. We get a few guys that show up like Friday night, you know, and they're yeah. they're doing that. They're changing a diff or something. But we try to we make the track open to them Friday so they can come get set up. Oh, okay. Get cool. a good night's sleep, right? And then you're you're ready to roll. Dude, I'd love for the drift league to do that. If we can roll in on Fridays. Yeah. Have it all set. Hey, up. Our, our track is our tracks are pretty good though. They they let us do that. I mean, we you know we travel out. Um, they're kind of the same like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a few that maybe they don't, you can't stay the night, but we don't start as early. So when we do our Wetaskiwin event, which is um, our final round this year, I mean, the track doesn't even get hot till noon. So it's more of an, a night event. So, you know, you, you're starting at noon instead of uh, 8 a.m. But we, we try to really do four hours of continuous practice. We don't give a, we don't really do a break. Our judges are out on the line. For most of the practice, talking to the driver, working on the line, you know, telling them what they need to do, or we're adjusting the track. So that's that's kind of where we're, our goal is: is get them as much seat time as they can, because nobody wants to have paid two hundred fifty bucks to sit in a driver's meeting with me if they don't need to. You know, they're there to drive, have fun, and you know, you don't even if you don't qualify, right? So if we have twenty four guys that show up, we got eight that are qualifying for top sixteen. So I look at it like at least they got four hours of practice in or four hours of tandem driving with their friends, yeah. you know, because we all have a bad day and we may not qualify. Correct. And that still makes it so you can get those guys to come back. That's that's sort of our goal in it is to do that. That makes sense. What would you kind of recommend to somebody who's going to their first prom event ever to compete? Like, what do you guys line up for tech? How is tech done? I think things like that that people are kind of uh, – Never really ready for. I think I was. Sure, well, I was like, "What the fuck is tech gonna happen? Like, when do I have to put my fucking suit on? Like, what's gonna ha- like shit like that?" Right. So, all right. So, there's a couple. I got a few questions. Like, how do you enter Spec D? How do you, how do you join the series? Well, generally, what we do is it's it's open. If you have a cage car that will pass tech, we will allow you to run in our series. If we've never seen you drive before we will get you to run out first in the open practice. You know, I'm not going to send you out in, in tandem with somebody that if you'd never tandemed before or, or we haven't seen you drive. So we're going to get them to run a few solo laps and see how they do. And if they're really not ready, we'll refund them their money and say, you know, hit up a few more open days because you, you haven't got your car dialed or, you know, it's not set up right or maybe your alignment's whacking. You know, you don't want a guy to come out and have spent all the his money in trying to get his car built and not be able to run or put himself at risk or his car at risk, right? Yeah, I so that. you know, most we're not. I we don't see that very much. You know, like we have most guys that just try to. Uh, they've been driving so long in our grassroots days that we try to get them to come out and compete because we think they're a really good driver. So we try to encourage them that way. Um. I guess, so if it's your first time coming, 
you my best recommendation is to pit next to one of the experienced guys somebody that you look up to or somebody that you know well and do what they do right when they put their suit on put your suit on when they're in the driver's meeting go get in driver's meeting uh and then try to learn from them throughout the day of what they do what they even bring to the pit to the track so you know what to bring right if you have one set of rims and six unmounted tires you may have a hard day you know maybe you need to invest in some more rims or you know if you forget you bring empty jerry cans to the track you may be having a rough day when you run out of fuel you know just some really simple things and this is the stuff that you know we see some new guys do that where they they just don't they forgot or they plan on getting fuel on the way to the track or they don't have you know they forgot their shoes their helmet or whatever yeah so you know I think probably what we're doing this year is to do a little checklist of things that we require for tech and things that you require to run round one. And we're going to just send it out to all of our drivers. We have like a private group that we leave, send it out to them. So they know they need, you know, their helmet, you know, we're requiring a balaclava this year. Um, what? Like, uh, a balaclava for your, for your, under your helmet, fireproof, fireproof head covering oh like a head sock yeah, yeah oh okay sorry never heard of that never heard of the way you said it um, all right so like if you were gonna go rob a liquor store and that thing you pull over your head get a ski mask like that Got it. fireproof <laughs> right i understood so you know we're just gonna send them a, a list like that so they know they bring their glove they bring their arm restraints whatever it is that they need so that they can do that checklist friday before they come to the track throw in the car whatever it is um yeah, and I, I, I always tell, tell guys, throw whatever safety gear that you absolutely need inside of your race car because it's coming, right? Yeah. You may throw it all in a duffel bag and leave it by the door, but, you know, how many times you take off and, and you forgot it, right? You leave for work and you forget your stuff by the door. But I say if it's safety stuff and it's imperative that you have that to be able to run the event, throw it on the passenger seat or on the driver's seat of your race car before you pack your race car onto the trailer so that you know you're not thinking oh damn where did i leave my shoes or my gloves or whatever it's all inside your race car because that's that's the main thing you need so a checklist get some damn dry erase markers and start writing on your damn windshield if you need it is you know and if you if you go to uh, probably the best thing that that i've done is just Go hang out with some of the pro guys or guys that you know and see what they what they bring. I mean, hell, Steph Papadakis did a video, you know, showing his pit toolbox, you know, on YouTube. You watch that and you know exactly what you need to take, because you know he runs a fairly small team. And he's but whatever the he takes, number one team, you know, basically, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, he just has a small toolbox. So I mean, I did that and I try to take as much stuff as I can with me. And I mean, drivers just, you need to know what it is that, that is notoriously breaking on your car or your model of car or your engine and try to have a spare of that. Yeah. I, I've been a lot of places where I didn't have a spare of a 50 cent part and I wished I would have. Like you don't need to bring a fucking pulley puller if you don't have any pulley to replace. Right. <laughs> but you may want a turbo manifold gasket, right? Yeah. Because I was in Because you can blow I those. Yeah. That's and a... I blew one out. I didn't have a spare one, right? Yeah, see, and, simple shit like that. And it can 
you know, it's $12 and you, uh, there you go. Your day is done. So yeah. Yeah. You don't need your fucking honing tool inside your toolbox when you're at the track. No, no. Keep that shit as light as possible. If it doesn't need to be in there, get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I want to get like a track day set up too. I have my little cart now because I need a bigger cart for the garage. So I want to keep this one as my, uh, my track day cart. We'll see. All this yeah, shit costs I, money. Yeah, I've been in. A, I've been trying to, like, especially here when I was when I was racing more back home. I would try to when I would take my car out of the trailer. I would take the toolbox out, so that if I was working on the car in the shop, I was using the tools out of my toolbox. Because lots of times you're doing stuff in your shop, and you have all the tools there. But then when you get to the track and you're trying to do something else, you don't have that right tool, yeah. right? So, I mean, whether it's like the right socket for the axle nut on your car, if you don't have that big of a socket, what what are you going to do if you break an axle? You can't get it off. So i am trying to do that more is like work on my car at home with the tools I keep in the trailer. And if I need something else, then I put it in my toolbox that I take in the trailer. That way, you know, you always seem to have have it and not be like, oh, damn, I should have brought that. I left it at home. Yeah. Trying trying to do that more is, is you know, been a good key for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and also, you know where everything is, right? And then, How many times you see you got your toolbox set up at home different than the one at the other thing? You're like, no, no, I know I brought that. I know I brought those big vice grips, but you can't find them. And then, you know, but you know where they are at your home shop and mm-hmm. try to do it. So working out of the, the box that I have in my trailer all the time. Yeah. And then to add to what you just said earlier about um, hanging out with somebody who's uh, like whatever, your favorite driver or pitting next to them. If you are an introvert, just like myself, and you don't want to actually talk to these people, just fucking be observant, at least at the bare, at the bare minimum. No, for sure. You know, and, and I'll... You know, we're going to swamp Rome at his uh, first FD event because Rome is probably has the one of the best setup trailers for a small trailer, and he is probably the most willing guy I've met to give you anything. Yeah, you know, or to take his time to explain something. You know, he's he's, a he's reason- not. Hey, he's the one that's he's not introvert. Guys. He's very much yeah. Yeah, hey. yeah. I'm completely opposite. He actually came to talk to me about my car. Not I didn't yeah. ask him anything. He's like, "Hey, you need to do this and this," and I was like, "Yeah." Right. <laughs> um, no, we, you know, we have the same. We have we have guys that are, are like that too. We have one major team that kind of runs a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they run three cars in our series. They're okay. called Triple F Motorsport. Uh-huh. And I mean, they run all similar chassis. So like, if you're a Nissan S chassis, these guys are the guys that you know. They'll have spare parts, or they'll have the know-how to how to fix what you have wrong, or their shop is usually pretty close to the tracks that we run. You know, three of them anyway. So yeah. I mean, we we got a lot of guys that are similar to that, where they, you know, they're everyone's down to help, and you know, if they're running, if somebody's running a similar chassis to you, it makes sense to be by them, or they're running the same motor as you. And and I do that actually as uh, as an organizer when we're drawing up our pit layout. So we don't actually just like let you run wherever you want when you show up to our event. We mark out on on a map where you pit and then we mark it on the concrete. So when you show up, 
you know where your pit stall is. And I try to put teammates together or good friends together or guys running similar chassis. That makes so if sense. I know two guys I like in S, S14s with V8s, I try to put them together. In the same because, area, yeah. You know, or chances are, right? Or they're on the same team for for tires or whatever sponsors they might have, right? We try to put them together so that, one, they can help each other, you know, combined, right? Maybe they have an idea. You put a inexperienced guy with somebody with lots of experience, it's going to give them maybe a hand if they're having a problem with a new swap or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I wish, damn. Should, you should uh, throw that idea at Rathena. <laughs> You, I mean, so it only works for me. Like, and 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 don't take it like you know. I no, learn a lot it, from it. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm allowed to like fucking other idea. Some someone else's idea oh, yeah. more than another person's. Um, shit, I was prepared that. Oh, with you and your yeah. your car. Is that why you teamed up with Daniel? Hundred percent. That's it. You know, it worked out well for, for me. One Daniel's like, you know, local to uh, to Southern California, so he knows where where to get the parts that I may not know because I'm not from down there. Yeah. So he has all the line on like, hey, yeah, I got this, you got that, and I had more experience driving the RX-7, so I helped him with, you know, setup and uh, maybe geometry of how we we run our suspension and you know just setting the car up to make it drift easier. And I think that helped him as well. It's just, it's been a good, good partnership. I mean, and it helps. We're good friends too. So it makes it easier to uh, to work together. That's right. Because he didn't compete last year, right? He just uh, spectated. No, he was just most, yeah, helping me. I mean, and but he's he's that guy. Like, you don't meet many people like that. Like, if, if we're both running the same Drift League event, like mm-hmm. we're both, we're both competing, and my car broke and I needed a part, he would take it off his car to give it to me and he would park and watch for your car. I really respect like, that. That's that's the guy he is. But and he I hasn't mean, driven a lot, huh? He hasn't driven that chassis a lot. Dude, Man, he's God. been driving for a long time. Like I drove with him back in Vegas Drift like eight years ago. Okay. It shows up on my Facebook memories that we were both driving FCRX7s back in the day. And... Uh, he has a lot of experience in that, but I think, I think from what I see, he enjoys the building process maybe more than the driving process. He is more excited to finish something on my car and watch me drive than what he'll do it for his own car. That makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. Cause I, you get like a sense of satisfaction from it. Like I know I I do. Yeah, and he'll take theories of what he works on on his car, and he'll test them. You know, he does a lot of, like, willow days where he just drives to Willow Springs, drives a day practicing, testing out something, like maybe a theory he has on, you know, and whatever setup or a knuckle spec or alignment that he's trying to run. And he goes and tests it, and if it works, great. If it doesn't work, you know, he comes back and tries it again. And if it works great, he always tries to pass that along to myself or my car okay. we do a lot of like you know brainstorming and we're working now more to you know get common parts that both of the cars run and so that one you're just not inventorying twice everything we can share parts and 
yeah. and kind of have that going, right? So if I don't have it, hopefully he does. And if he doesn't, I hopefully I do. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm not teaming up with anybody ever in a Cadillac. <laughs> so. Well, never know. Time to change out of the Cadillac. Get a Corvette. Come on. Get a BMW. Uh, uh, no, not gonna. The BMW is not gonna. I will get definitely get a Corvette before a BMW. Uh, I had one. Did no, it's not a thing. Look, look, you have the LS motor. So I mean, it, it's the same thing. So it's my same theory that we we try to run when we're setting up our series. We want like I never want anybody to come to one of my rounds and drive and uh, break you know, and have a bad experience, right? We're all about trying to keep our driver experience as good as our fan experience. Number one thing, we want guys to have fun, right? Like this, this is not a life, um, like a career for anybody in our series. Everyone has a full-time job, just like everybody, you know, that you and I both drive with. They all got yeah. full-time jobs. Nobody's yeah, exactly. making a lot of drifting, right? So if you're coming you know, and spending all that time and effort making it out to one of my events, I want to make sure that you're having a good time and that you, you felt like you got at least good seat time. And if you broke, at least you had a good time. Or you learned something. Yeah. You know, and we, and we, we try to encourage that. I mean, we've had guys that have hit the wall in practice and, you know, they can't get their car fixed. And, you know, those are the, we, we've had some of them where they, uh, you know, they throw on a safety vest and they go, my car's broke. I'm I'm here. What can I do to help out on track, picking up pylons, encouraging the other drivers, right? So I see that as like it's a win for me as an organizer in that like there's such a camaraderie between our, our drivers that you know it's it, it makes a great experience. Oh, definitely. And you it's know? it's not always there like uh for round one, uh, I'm actually gonna be Pitting for Sean Murtha. So, oh, Sean Murtha. Speaking, I mean, hey, speaking of hey, Sean, Sean Murtha, Murtha. I, I'm not that old man. Like Sean, Sean said, I was, old I was guy. so excited to listen to the podcast last week, and I was like, and he's like that old guy, right? He knows my RX7, right? Yep. He knows I drove he, with them in Arizona. He knows some and old then guy drives like some dude. Yeah, he knows some old guy has it. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, and I'm like, what? Well, he's talking about me. What the hell? What the hell's going on with that? Man. He did that one of the questions was he did ask how old you were. And I was like, uh, I don't I don't know. That's a good question. Well, I'm forty five this year. I turned forty five this year. Dude, he's it's gonna fucking that. call you an old guy. <laughs> you should have lied. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, was, I, I swear I, I was listening to it in my truck. I was listening to the podcast and I was excited to hear my name and I was like, damn, okay, I remember driving with this guy. Coolly remembers and my then car. Just and then a totally rude ass comment about being an yeah, old guy. It was an old guy, and I was like, What what the hell happened here? He's... I looked in the mirror in the truck and I go, Do I look that old? Maybe I, I think it was the RV that throws people off. They think I'm like snowboarding. Dude, down there. it is the fucking RV for sure. You it look fucking retired. <laughs> I got like, like an eight year old tra- daughter. We, we just, <laughs> this is the only way to go because you. you I don't know. You just can't. You can't do anything else. Yeah. You can't stay in a hotel with a race car and uh, and all that crap, right? So uh, I have. It's not comfortable. You don't sleep well. No, but it's tough though. <laughs> it's tough to like uh, to get bring all the stuff that you need. Yeah. And honestly, I do it because it's miserable to be at the track for uh, your family if they are really not. Like, look at the drift league. You start at six thirty in the morning. They don't want to fucking be out of there. 
No, no, right. I, I 100% agree with that. Having a damn RV, that'd be that'd be the legit setup. Well, here I saw Chelsea Denova at, at um, when we were in Arizona at Desert Mayhem, uh-huh. and he told me that he got the same setup. He was stoked on his little. He has a camper in the back of his one ton, and he pulls his trailer around. He goes, "It's the best thing ever." Oh yeah, I would definitely do that. So, I'd rock the shit out of oh, that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's so, nothing wrong with that. Awesome. No, no. Because then you still you could kind of go inside and be comfortable. Oh, it's more, and I'm really it's, it's more for my my wife and daughter that it gives them a place that they're not just sitting in the hot ass sun all day, bleachers yeah. or lawn chairs underneath the uh, tent, yeah. and not even not even hot. Look, when I'm last year at Driftly, it was pouring rain. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was cold. It was it was a miserable day. I wonder if it's gonna rain again this year. <laughs> I'm not driving. You get a long season, I'm, though. Huh? From March till November is a long season. It's not a long season. There's so much time in between rounds. It's just. No, that's what I mean. It's that, long. And that's it's another like, reason. Like, that's what I was telling everything. I'm like, hey, man, you can, uh, we can do some other tracks. Get some. Yeah, you uh, can get it. It, it is. A, it's tough, I guess, for, you know, um, you know, somebody was asking me about uh, what I see the expansion of drifting and in North America. Like, what do I know about, about anything like that? Right. So, but I see like the growth of drifting in, in Canada and uh, I see it as, it's something huge. Like, I mean, I give you a a little example. So there's uh, the motorsports hall of fame. Okay. Now recognizes drifting as one of their motorsports. Whereas before it was predominantly drag racing or like oval dirt track well, style racing. Yeah, but now drifting has that foothold with the history. It's been around for what about twenty years, competitively yeah. in the U.S. Uh, not exactly twenty years. You but, know, all those didn't get. Yeah, so, yeah, but like, no, yeah. Sorry, none of those got recognized their fucking first, first year. Uh-huh. We have our first in for drifting this year into the the Hall of Fame. And who was that? Conroy Ganson. Oh, that's uh, your guys' Hall of Fame. Okay. We, so we have a, yeah, like the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. He's the first inductee underneath the drifting uh, headline into the into the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, I see that as like, you know, it's being recognized by, you know, the people who run, uh, you know, the Motorsports Hall of Fame. They're recognizing drifting as as a major motorsport, which is good. And to have, and to have conversations with people in that community that know what it is and, uh, you know, see it as a growth, you know, and we, we see it, you know, we're always biased cause we're, we're the drifting community. So it's easy for us to say, Oh no, like it's, it's a growth sport. It's the only one growing, but it is like we pack out the, the stands at our drift events. Whereas, you know, it's it's like monster trucks and and major drag racing that that does it. It's not like you're bringing that many people to watch it on a weekly basis. So yeah, I'm 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 really proud to be a part of it. And you know, I I give the credit, you know, for the growth of it, probably in the driver's dedication, you know, to building good cars, to just keeping to the grind of it, you know. It's a lot of work to, to keep your car looking good, make sure you got fresh arrow or, you know, making sure you show up to every round with a, with a bumper intact. Right. Yeah. And 
No, that's an important part, right? It's how you present yourself is, is how the general public sees it. So they see our cars as like, you know, these guys are crazy drifting or taking their show car quality builds on the track. Yeah, that's the part I've been skimping out on. It just has yeah. a, it just has a Cadillac emblem, so people are like, "Oh, wow." Well, I mean, you you got the demographic of what uh, fifty plus men. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. So I'm all I guess, fifty year old dudes to, looking for uh, a sugar daddy, by the way, to pay for this. So if you're interested, well, holler. I guess that's going to be my main thing, according to uh, Sean. Eh, I might as well come. Oh, that's right. I need a teammate, so you should do it. Um. I'm just about old enough. I know. I need to get an angle kit. I've talked to a few people. I've gotten some pricing, but Jesus, this is shit expensive. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we're we're on the on the FDs. We're still running, just cut knuckles, and uh, yeah, but they make it. stuff for you guys. Yeah, but we still run cut knuckles. There isn't a ton of stuff that's really good for us guys. Yeah, mine's Not yet. fucked. Um, I reached out to another person recently. So hopefully I get them on the show and then uh that also does knows how to do that fun stuff with angle kits and I can uh mm. I don't know make something happen eventually cuz I'm not the only one who yeah. wants a kit but I don't think enough people are going to buy the kit unless it's actually readily available as opposed to them paying ahead of time to have it developed. Okay. So which seems to be my biggest issue right now. People are like, oh, let me know how much it's going to cost. I'm like, I don't know, like 2500 well, bucks. Let's call it tops. There is other cases running an FT, so they must run an angle kit. They are not the same. Oh. It's like putting a uh, putting yeah. the uh, 350Z Wise Fab on your 240 or vice versa. Or putting a 240 Wise Fab on your 350Z. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, so... What about could, your knuckles? Wait, who's your knuckles.com or whatever? Yeah. I It's... They're... I, they're okay. You know. Not they give you something. It's not... It's not I wise think I gave definitely. him... I, I don't know. I feel like I really wanted to take the car to him and let mm-hmm. him do his thing. But it just... It didn't happen. I really wish he would have let me bring the car in and let him, like, do it correctly so you can actually get all the measurements right um not that they're wrong but uh i think he would have been able to get more out of it yeah still i think you know not necessarily angle. more angle just better like even if it's just like better geometry overall it's not yeah. it's not it's not great i'll tell you that right now I'm not even trying to be an asshole no I, so okay if we're looking at uh giving advice to to guys running you know their their pro-am series or whatever you know number one i'd say too like the the best you can do if it's your first event make sure your car is dialed for for setup i mean if or you know how to set up your car if you but you don't if you don't know how to set up your car find somebody who does and hire them to do it you know or talk to it really is so much talking to somebody that has a similar chassis in every way to you and if they have success with their car find out what they're doing for setup and and do it so you know whether it's spring rate whether it's like how stiff are your shocks in the back what sway bars are you running yeah um how much toe in do you run in the rear how much toe do you run on the front 
you know, because you can you can take a car with low angle and, you know, you can kind of cheat it. So it looks like you have more angle or drive with more angle than you do just by setting, you know, your Ackerman or your toe out. Yeah. So there's ways around it. I mean, you don't need you don't need to go buy WiseFab. And you don't need to go buy the most expensive three-way adjustable coilovers that you can to to drift your car properly. I mean, you can go to any Adams Motorsports track, right? And you can see guys with a $700 350Z with uh, stock suspension, and they're killing it. Yeah, But it might be some true. little, right? So then that's what you need to be looking at is like find – Find what it takes to make so you can drive it, so you can drive it successfully. I mean, if you're going out to every, you know, we'll use ours every Thursday night open drift, and you're spinning out all the time, you need you need to find that way that it's something in the in the setup of that car that's making it so it's hard to drive. It needs to be easy to drive for you. Yeah. You know, and guaranteed, we all know somebody that's driving something that we've done. I mean, you're not the only one with that, you know, that chassis or that specific suspension. It may not be the race, the same chassis, but the suspension setup, whether it's, you know, your McPherson or upper and lower control arms, whatever it is that you have, yeah. double wishbone, whatever it is, find somebody with the same car, same rough weight, and then build the car so it handles like like theirs does you know it can be something as simple as like you know there's there's a ton of ton of different theories on spring rates yeah which mine are probably shit so we'll see how that works out because i ordered some softer ones so sure i hope it works like yeah but i mean you know it, it really just depends on how the car handles with that how you how you like the feel of it so like, you know, for me on, on mine, like I don't run power steering still in my car, what? but I run a soft, yeah, no, but you may notice I never have a power steering failure that puts me into the wall. Oh, I'm going to tell John you said that. <laughs> that was more for you, buddy. I, <laughs> Wasn't I, it your power steering that failed? No, that was John's. I broke an axle. Oh, okay. I was trying yeah. to dig at you. No, 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 my axle is broken. Don't get, John, don't, don't get John on my case, man. Yeah, I'm a little right now. Uh, no, I broke an axle in the burnout box, and I heard a clunk, and I was like, oh, I'll I'll worry about that when I get back into pits. Yeah, send it anyway. <laughs> yeah, don't do no, that. I mean, Twice I've done that. <laughs> it's easy to take power steering out of my car, my chassis, per se. But, I mean, you know, I make it really light on the steering by just the softer rear spring. So, like... When I'm on throttle, the car steers just like it has power steering. It's it's good. It's good for me, and that's yeah. how I like it. That's how I've always driven it. So, do it. And that's on both your cars because you have a U.S. car and a Canada car, correct? I, I made them. I'm running both the same. Okay. So I try to run the same spring rates so they handle the same. So we got both cars basically the same that that they run the same. And I mean, we did that with Daniel's car as well. So. He drove mine and he goes, man, your car drives so nice and it's easy to drive. And I said, okay, like all of my stuff that I have in my car, just let's put it on yours. Let's get it done. So he would just put a softer spring on his car all the way around, you know, same sway bar, and it makes the car handle 
very much the same as what mine does. And are your uh, have your cars ever been together? What do you mean? Have they you ever been? No, no, no. Your car, your both of your cars. Have they ever seen the same fucking? Yeah, uh... they, yeah. They used to run them. We used to run them up here together. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was in Canada. Was driven by a friend of mine. Oh, okay. Not, not. Yeah, we used to have all the same livery, everything. Not the dude that was on Zestino, right? Yeah, we we were all on Zestino. It's it's the same guy that's getting into the Hall of Fame, Conroy Ganson, used to drive. Oh shit! The car having Canada, like, oh the car, your car, current car, got it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, in Canada. Yeah, so I bought it from him last year when I brought my car down to the states. Zestino still working with you guys out there? Yeah, Zestino's still rolling. Yeah, you bet. Okay. Yeah. So I we do Zestino. Yeah, I have hearing. Good. And then we do Bellino in the U.S. in in Vegas. Actually, Nick Nick Dazon, who runs Vegas Drift, is the distributor in in for uh, Western Western United States. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I haven't heard anything about that, them. Not like Bellino. Yeah, I haven't heard shit. Like just at least no one's like not as much as I heard like when Zestino came out. No, Zestino had a big splash, but I mean, I think maybe it was just too big, too fast. It's, it's yeah, it's a lot I could see that. Get into tires. I mean, Valino's big. They have a huge following in Japan. Huge success in FD Japan, right? Correct. So, I mean, it it made sense for us to to bring him in down there. So I know, like Nick, who runs Vegas Drift, is a is a distributor for, you know, United States on the West Coast. So. It works out. It works out well for him. He, you know, easy guy to get a hold of, and has a hookup on all the all the Bellino stuff there. So, yep, that's uh, good. And then Zestino's doing good here. I mean, uh, we still run that for for Western Canada, and they're a big supporter of the series as well. So it helps out. It's a good yeah, tire, sure. portable. You know. Yeah, like right now we're hearing like a lot of noise from Kenda tires. Mm-hmm. Um, they're supposed to be making a 255. Uh, I haven't heard anything about Accelera. They're supposed to be like a Pro-Am supporter too, but I haven't heard shit about them making a 255. Uh, yeah, with that, no, so yeah, if you look at the tire rules, I think maybe that's, that's newer. What we'll be trying to enforce a little more is the, the 255 tire rule, or it's actually like a, a 260 millimeter tire. Okay, so, so where is that fucking measured from? Do you know for sure? Uh, you'll find it in the rule book under tires. It'll show you how. No, you no, 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 no. I know where the rule. I know where it, it there where that okay. says where it's stated in the rule book, but it says like per FD tool or some shit like that. Okay, so there is an FD tool that you buy. So all the Pro Am series have the FD tool. So technically, if my fucking sidewall says 265, but it falls under the 260, uh, you're, you're good to run it. See, yeah, that's what I need to know. I need to find. You're that. fine. I need to find that damn tire or that that so, ro- that roller. Do you know? Well, can you at least tell us how it works? Is it by what's on the treadwear, like what's putting down on the track? Uh, no, it's actually like you measure it off of the track. So it's when the car is level on the ground. Uh-huh. And then there's um, a measurement of how far up the tread you go and you measure it there. So when the tires sit flat on the ground, the car's flat on the ground, you measure it, like I think it's three inches up, 
the rear of the tire and you put the tool on and it's just basically a slide ruler that goes on so I figured. and you just measure it and it needs to be 260 millimeter or below so there are a ton of tires that are under 260 mil that are marked 265 35 18 this is good but, to know but we don't have all but that. yeah your tire also at the end of a run needs to still measure under 260 mil that's what I figured. Just like your car needs to weigh so, 2,900 pounds after you cross the finish line with less fuel and less tire. Right. So like when you're done a run and you're, you know, you're done your battle and the guy comes up and puts the ruler on, but now you're a quarter inch shorter tire because you burnt all the tread off and now your tire measures 263. You're no luck. You're disqualified. Got it. I, I would guess. So I mean, guys need to know what they're running and what, how much of a line you wanna so, wanna skate on. And because of that, not enough data on the tires we're running currently. We won't know until this year, if we're lucky. Which tires those are? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was I was at a couple of shops today and I was measuring tires for guys and and giving them the heads up that yeah, these tires are cool. I mean, I got I got tires that are stamped two sixty five and they're measuring at like. Uh, 250 mil okay so you know you know it's a it's a fine line i mean because realistically like there are some tires that are 235 that measure fairly wide i don't think any of them that i've seen so far measure over 260 but you know some measure pretty wide yeah see i need to find out about these mile stars i have which i'm not even sure if i'm gonna run them we, you put a mile star on the rim, put the car on the ground, and you can see the measurement where the measurement is taken in the in the rule book. It'll show you where the measurement is taken from. What? I have to look it up again because I haven't seen it. But Matt. I'll look that up on another day. Um, right. Before we get too off topic. <laughs> Let's, let, I actually got a, quite a few questions about you, sir, and your car, mostly. Did you get in there? Sounds good. I, I didn't. Everyone everyone here already knows my car. Oh, okay. Well, I got that. So, give her. All right. So, our first one is going to be from Burgle T. He actually asked three different questions, so I don't want to say them again. Okay. Would you drive a piston drift car? Sure, hundred percent. Okay. I have. I've never. I've never driven. I've never driven a VA car on on a drift track. Let but me know when you're down I, here. I, if my car is running and I got some money and tires, we'll go. See, I don't mind. No, I. I I'm. I, I, I really mean, like you're not that much taller than me, are you? Because you're gonna be fucked no. if you're in the driver's seat of my car. Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm old though, so I mean. I'm <laughs> oh, probably, then you're fine. You crouch over a lot. Yeah, I'm old as. <laughs> was shit so i mean we're done no i drive i drive a piston car i'd love to uh try it i don't know i got respect for all of them good i mean i'm not a big hater on anybody's anybody's build you got to give guys respect for whatever they're trying i i like the the variety that we carry in drifting so i like the rotary because it's different and it's a challenge okay that was his next question why do you like rotaries but you just answered it um i mean come on you can't beat that how did you get into eric sevens to begin with i don't know like a bad i imported one from japan when they were legal to import 
That's so true. I got my first one was an FC. Uh-huh. I like the rotary. Like the power that you get out of a, like a little 1.3 liter engine is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, met a good friend of mine, uh, Conroy. He builds like arguably the best motor that anybody's run. We got nine years out of one motor. How do you beat that? Jesus. You know. And it's all been racing, so it's all drift racing, or it's been road racing. Did, did you just say drift racing? Well, drifting or racing. It was a road race car, went into drifting. You already said drift racing. You ruined it for both of us. <laughs> Do you ever hear somebody racing. say that? My mom. That's what my yeah, mom actually, calls it. My mom tells her friends that I go drift racing. Drifter racing. Yeah, I call it drifter. He's racing. a drift racer. I was like, don't, mom, just drift don't even tell racing. your friends anything, please. <laughs> Uh, I got another question from the wild Malcolm. Uh, how yeah. did you get into drifting? Do you have any advice for people who want to get into drifting? Hmm. I got into drifting because I was doing autocross at the same track that they were doing drift. So we finished autocross. The drifters came out and were uh, started doing like their open drifting, and I was like, "All right, that's what I got to be doing. More fun than." than running around pylons chasing a time so that was it got my uh my rx7 and started driving that at the track mm. nice advice for getting into drifting get a good reliable rear wheel drive car that doesn't mm. break the bank man come on Good luck. A good reliable one. I was I I honestly would say any BMW 3 series. Yeah, uh, that's for sure, sure, for sure. Right? Or, I mean don't or 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 a Cadillac. Or a Cadillac or a Corvette, anything that's You're not you know, you're not getting a, a Corvette for cheap. You can get a dirt cheap Cadillac. You can get you can still get Corvettes that aren't too bad. Okay, you watch Drift Week, right? Matt Field and his uh, street legal. I fucking love that car. His street legal Corvette that's looks a, like he had that's basically a pro am car. <laughs> well, I know, whatever. It yeah. looks like a it looks like a blast. Dude, I, I love mean, that fucking thing. I don't even like Corvettes. I'd say anything BM like a BMW is probably best bet right now. Yeah. It's the best bank for buck. Affordability, aftermarket support, affordability. All right, well, Data. We have, we have people that come out affordability. and drift like AMG, uh, like the AMG sixty three Mercedes. Don't do it. Stupid they drive idea. it. Why not? It's a brand new car. It all works on warranty. It's great. So they come out and drive that. We With get a, cage a bunch in of it? new Mustangs. No, no cage. These are guys just coming out on Thursday no, nights. No, no, we're talking about people. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. He did. He asked about getting into drifting, not competing necessarily. That's right. If you want to compete, if you want to compete, I would, I, I'm not sure I would recommend. See, BMW guys seem to have a bunch of problems with like pedals and transmission stuff like that. What do you if you're mean? doing a swap, like you're swapping a yeah. V8 into it. Well, like I just read a lot of the message boards that, that like the ZF Trans kind of has an issue. I've heard. Yeah. When you get into when you start stepping up your power, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know. So with. Yeah, I guess that takes you into what's the best thing to invest in. <laughs> BMW uh, how about a, LS. BMW LS or 2J, with a dog box. Pick one. Is 
is probably the best bang for your buck. You don't need a dog, a dog box. You can get a Muncie. Actually, get a dog box. I don't want you driving out my fucking transmission prices. Do you know what? Wait for two years and get a dog box. Because when now NASCAR that <laughs> is requiring the all... sequential? There should be a bunch for cheap. You know, but I don't no, think they'll be cheap. I think they're going to hold their value because now all the Pro-Am guys nope, are going to nope. want one. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, especially with uh, we have RTS who makes the sequential now mm-hmm. that bolts in exactly where your dog box would go. So yeah, there's still well, gonna be retain- yeah. There's a few guys running. I think uh, Matt Field's running one now. Uh, who yes. else is going to be running one? Uh, Ryan Literal, I believe, if he hasn't been running it already. Uh, there, I saw something today about them making one for a Dodge Charger, not Dodge Charger, excuse me, a Dodge Viper V10. Okay. So maybe, oh. um, who do we Kearney, know that drifts a Dodge for V10? Kearney, <laughs> Kearney, yeah, Kearney, Kearney, however you pronounce his name. Um, yeah. yeah, he might be doing, I don't even know if he's coming back. I haven't heard him say anything about F. Is Rom running the, the new sequential? Uh, I think he's been on it. If not, he is running. Oh, so he has the, yeah, the think, 6X or whatever? I believe so. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's gone through Rick for all of his drivetrain stuff, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's who I, I got. I got my uh, my dog box through Rick, too. You got a dog box and what? Both my cars have dog boxes. I hate you. Come on, man. I just got an imitation dog box. Or no. maybe you have an imitation Muncie. Who knows? Um, no. My FD that I have in the States has a dog box in it. It's, it's, well, the reason, the real reason behind why you can go to that in my setup is because now you can use all the GM parts like a clutch. Yeah. Oh, so shit, can you can? The, well, I use the, like, a Tilton seven and a quarter inch uh-huh. triple plate. Use NASCAR you, stuff. You guys just have, oh, shit. Must be, yeah. Oh, wait. You're in that small of a clutch. You haven't had any problems? No. We change the disc usually every time we pull the trans. And how often is that? I don't know. Well, usually a season. I'll pull it every season. Okay, that's not terrible. That's and then at your that's power good. level, which is what, like roughly 500-ish? Yeah. Okay, then no, that's, that's different. It's not like, because I've heard a lot of um, things about like the heat, that they don't take heat as well. Since, no. you know, it's a lot smaller. I get it. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm pretty hard on the clutch, I think. And it's been, it's been good. It hasn't let me down. I mean, that, that combination of trying, you know, driveline definitely when you're getting into the pro-am level is one that's going to take a beating. Like, you can drift at a grassroots day and really hardly on the clutch. But when you're trying to chase somebody in tandem, I find I'm on the clutch a lot more. Hmm. You know what? Real quick questions for uh, rotary stuff. And I've only seen rotary guys do this. What's with the constant revving? We just love the sound. Fuck you guys. I hate all of you. Now. And we have no torque. I hate... We'll you have what? So let's, let's say you're just idling through the pits and you let the clutch out without revving it up. You'll stall. Like immediately. Like it's not like a V8. You let the clutch out in your V8 in first gear and you'll just start going. No, if I let no, the no. Clutch, What are you talking about? I'm stalling. I'm stalling. No, and I'm not talking about that. I meant people who are just revving it for no reason. Uh, you know, like the only two people, I don't know, I don't remember hearing you do it, but I know Daniel has done it for sure. 
and then so yeah. has uh, Aaron Parker. But I don't know. I don't know like what you guys are revving it for. Uh, I don't know why they're. It, revving it'll be maybe. it'll be like a slow buildup. Like I'll hear a little bit, a little bit more, and then I'll hear all of it, and it sounds like a fucking train horn. Oh no! I, I'm not, then I don't. I don't. I don't know why. I'm like. I'm I, just, I just to... find it rev- like when I'm, people go like, "Why are you revving it so high?" Like moving around the pits, and I'm like, "This thing will stall if it's not." I don't even gas. Don't they? It's don't those stall. things red redline to like nine, ten thousand RPMs? Yeah, we take ours to like eighty six. Oh, we're, we're a little. That's safe. pretty timid. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, but hearing it, like if is... we're if we're going in and we're finding we're running out of gear at a track and you know you're just a little too slow in third gear you can bump up the red line a little bit so we usually tune them you know for sure to 9500 make sure that we're safe you don't want to run it all the time at 95 but no that makes no that makes i mean i bumped it up that high i haven't taken anything over you know 9500 yet oh okay you know i think that's all the questions i got um have you gotten any sir i got one more let me see what else we got here on the message wait are you gonna be at the drift league round one like just even coming down uh, huh i don't think i'm coming down no would like to but probably not if you want me to i'll borrow the car like no problem that's not an issue okay good (laughs) wow here Somebody wanted me to talk about the uh, explain the cost associated with uh, drifting and maybe the importance of that before somebody buys a car or commits to buying a car. Don't and... do it. Don't do it. If that's your concern, don't do it. That my my personal opinion. Don't do it. If your concern is how much it's going to cost you, don't even get into it. What can I say? Um, if you can get a car that you can drive um, and it's running and you can afford to put tires on it, mm-hmm. then go for it. If you are get a car that is not running and is that you bought a car, filled out, used all your budget just to buy a car that's not running or not ready to go, you are in for a world of hurt because it is it will get exponentially more expensive than you thought. Yeah, that, and that that comes down to a couple of things. Is that not everybody's entitled to a drift car either, or a race car for that fact, right? Just because you're young male living in North America doesn't mean that you have to have a race car. So you know, it's not for everybody. It takes get, a lot get of time. Get into yoga. Yeah, yeah, yoga is cheap. Yeah, so, comparatively. Uh, <laughs> that's right, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess, but you know, I I just I I don't like the stories of hearing guys get into a car, they dump you know twenty grand into it, and they got to sell it for you know pennies on the dollar because they couldn't afford it. Yeah, so that's the part I don't understand either. Like, what did you get the twenty grand to begin with? Like, I have a day job. I know I have obviously I have disposable income. Um but every single dollar that doesn't go towards a bill or whatever my son needs goes to the car. Like I don't have a savings. 
Um, I don't, I don't know what your situation is like, but I know plenty of other drivers who are in the same predicament. Like my, they don't have a savings. They dump everything that they earn into their car just as much as I do. Um, you know, obviously some people are more financially responsible is the best way to put it. You know, they yeah. kind of have like a little cushion in case shit happens. Um, you know, some of us don't and that, and I am one of them. So, right. So I, I see, um, you can see a lot of guys that come out weekly, you know, they have a great time in their car and they decide they're going to jump into the next level, but then you don't see them drive for another year because, you know, one, they can't afford it. So I don't, I don't, I'm not sure it's like any motorsport. It's, it's going to be expensive and it's going to be more expensive than you think it is and probably more expensive than you tell anybody that you spent on it. Yeah. You know, but you know, if you can cage a car, if you can keep your power level reasonable, you can still drift affordably. Like I say, if you can get a, like, let's say you get a BMW that drifts and it uh, drives well for you, still running stock transmission, roughly in the stock power, but you have it, you know, able to drift and you're having a good time with that. Stick with that. Stick with stick with that, and then you know if you can afford the thousand dollars for a cage, put a cage in it. You know, that's number one a, thing you that's need what to, you guys are paying for a cage. Yeah, we got a guy for that. You know, sort of some sponsor price for twelve hundred bucks, thousand dollars. Canadian, right? Yeah. So that's like nine hundred bucks. Yeah. So. It would be cheaper for me to drive my fucking car up there, get it caged, go pick it up later, and drive it back. We we have we have, yeah. I I understand that that's a sponsored deal. I get that. Um, yeah, that is. I got that's that's with you know. But even even if it's not, I mean, like you can get a full top of the line cage for in that twenty five hundred dollar Canadian range. So you're still in that eighteen hundred bucks, and you're like everything's perfect, you know. Yeah, I know we, we there's some... a guy down here who does it for that little bit of dollars, and he's actually a really good fabricator. Um, I, he's never been on the show, and I don't, I don't think he would like me to just throw his information out there like that. So I won't. Mm. Uh, All right, but I'll... We, we have a local guy, you know. There's yeah, you know, like we hey, have hit two this... local shops. If you're looking that... to save a dollar, hit this guy up. Yeah, if if you are looking for a cage. In Western Canada, I know two guys that are amazing. Send me a message. I will give you their name and contact info. I mean, there, there's just some guys that are building them for so long that if you want your S14 caged, he can do it in the weekend. Literally, that's like the same the dude here. And for, like, dirt cheap. But it's it's probably some of the nicest welding I've seen. Yeah, you know, it's the it's, same. He's I know, and you're like... Yeah, that would take that would take me literally nine months of my time with my ability, and that's just and, you and that's just practicing. And eight months of that is practicing on the welding. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're pie cutting our bends. <laughs> hey, 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 no, I, I think I I think I would be I think I'd do okay with the bends part. Um, yeah, at least I'd hope. Uh, other than that, sir. We're we're I think I'm gonna call it, man. It's been a uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the rundown of our dates so that people have it at yeah. the end of this thing. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. May 9th is round one. Okay, 
held at Castro Raceway in Edmonton, Alberta. Alberta is a state, correct? Well, we call them provinces here. Whatever the hell, you know, I never, I I've never left America. Sorry, <laughs> forgive me. So, in the state of, in the state of Alberta, May 9th, Castro Raceway round one. Round two is in Edmonton at our old hockey coliseum on june 20th july 10th is going to be round three and that's in mission bc with a five thousand dollar payout double points round as well so that's the one that we're getting get double points show up there chance to win five grand and then august 15th is our final in Wetaskiwin in the state of alberta how about that province you said now you're, now you're changing it to state, man. I'm just I'm just messing with you. Pick one. Confusing. Judges, uh, judges are myself, and then we got Spencer Mason and we got Devin Horsley, that we will announce today as our third judge. He is a longtime drifter, uh, kind of one of the OG guys of of drifting in Western Canada. So he's going to be coming in and judging with us. So we got a lot of experience, longtime mm-hmm. drivers. Okay, Spencer Mason sounds really uh, familiar. Gonna have to Google this. Guy. He's he's just a he's a local guy that helped out in all of our series for forever. He's not the one from San Clemente, California. No, he's just a he's a he's a local guy, mechanic, and uh, has has an S thirteen that he drove for a long time and basically ran like our our Thursday night open practices since he was like 16 years old. So he's just been around drifting a bunch and, you know, a big fan of it. So he, he's a, just a straight guy, knows what he wants to see and is a good judge. Got to yeah. train him up. Uh, and then are you competing at all this year? I know you said you're missing out on round one. We didn't get into what you're actually doing. I'm sorry. Before so, you know, I'm going to be trying to hit a couple of rounds of the drift league and I'm going to hit the shootout for Vegas Drift. Okay. So that's that's about it. So I'm gonna be at round four for sure. I really want to run uh a shootout to see how they run. I'm also I'm in the same boat with you. So I kinda want like I, I'm not going to, but I really want to. But if the money's in my account, yeah, I, I know I I'll fucking pay for it. And I need to see how it works to understand how how it all goes. So I just I really wanna drive it. And I think we're going to try to incorporate that as some sort of a prize for our series that if you win, we're going to try to help out and get a few of our local guys to come down and, and drive in Vegas drift. So we can get, you know, at least four to five Canadian drivers down there. You know what? Maybe I'll run down there and then at least cover it and kind of have a podcast for it as opposed to, um, competing in it. Which I don't yeah. think, uh, which I hope I don't have the money for when the time comes available. Because if not, I'll 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 fucking buy, I'll register. If I have the money, I'll to, fucking you register. You need to reach out to uh, to Nick Design. You got to get him on your uh, podcast. He is, I don't know. He's the gentleman the that he's the gentleman that runs it, correct? Right. Nick, what? Nick Design. Nick Design. I'm gonna have to look his ass up too. Yeah. I bet, I bet some people who like know who he is like, why don't you fucking know who he is? You have a podcast. That's probably what everybody is thinking. You don't know who Nick is? Uh, how do you spell his last name? D-I-Z-O-N. Nicholas. You got it. Found him. 
Yeah. He's uh, a man. Okay. He, he's like he's like first OG of like drift series in the United States. Cool. I have to put like real good questions together because I don't want to get him on here and be an asshole who's unprepared. Nah. Oh, he's super a, chill, dude. He's a dog person. Got it. I heard you like Beating. dogs. You want to come on the <laughs> podcast? And then we'll go from there. Um, oh, I have seen his, pro- his page before. Uh, okay, so a couple rounds. What what couple rounds are those? Three and four? Two and four? You said a couple rounds at the Drift League. Uh, we consider here ah, in America I two is a couple. Thinking, Sorry, I didn't know. If I, mean, I, well, I, I would like to do like two, three, and four, but if not, maybe three and four. Yeah. You know, as much as I said, I'm not going to compete this year. I'm pretty fucking sure that my car is going to be ready for round two and I'm going to show my dumb ass up. Um, well, I, I can take the heat now cause I bought like a cool suit too. I bought a, bought a cool suit. Those RJ had things cool suit. are fucking phenomenal. Okay. Well, I bought a cool suit. I haven't got it yet because RJ still has it. So I bought it from him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. My buddy Andrew made mine. Yeah. Mine is the prototype, so it leaks a little, but but ain't, ain't nothing that a, um, a hose clamp can't fix. Right. So It's just a rare. I got you. <laughs> no, he epoxied the pump on the inside, and then no, it came no. out, it fell off. So I just threw a. Uh, a hose clamp on for right now and I was like, well when it rusts, we'll replace it with another one. Yeah. <laughs> Since it sits on the whole time. But alrighty man, uh, I think I'm gonna call it here. It's been an All hour right. and forty minutes ish. Uh thank you for coming on. Hey, you Best bet. of luck Good next job, year. Man. Awesome. Uh, I would love to have you out again at the end of the year. Just to see what the hell you guys done did over there at Spec D, who won and all that fun stuff. Hey, oh, you know what? Good, Real quick question before Yo. I finish. There, I had somebody hit me up recently. It's called the 881 Crew. Right. You heard of them? They, I heard of them, yeah. Do they compete in your series? The, one of them does currently, and two guys compete in our Pro-Am series this year. It's a group of four guys, I believe, that are kind of doing all their media and marketing together okay. and uh they have a good program going so they have two guys that are running the pro-am series and then we also do a fun series which is called bro-am and uh two guys are running that so bro-am is a lot less tech you don't need a cage you don't need you know oh okay all the, cool all the stuff you don't need a suit you can just come and have a good time so it's kind of like you know good experience if you like fun competition so yeah, no, the eighty one crew is at a, a city called Port McMurray, really far northern Alberta, big oil sands town. And these guys have just decided that they're running as a group of four guys, sharing marketing, sharing sponsorships, everything. So it's been a good success for them. That's cool. Uh yeah. their their friend who does the uh the actual like runs their Instagram page. Doesn't mm-hmm. even drive apparently. No, he's just running. He's just helping manage the team basically. Yeah, and he's the one I talked to. I'm like, I like you, man. You're cool. I'm like, what if I don't yeah, like no, those he's... guys? <laughs> yeah, he's not a really that good I'm not guy. going to. He's... 
Yeah, yeah, he was None cool though. I was like, uh, we can do that episode with all of your friends as long as you are on it. Yeah, I don't that wanna... would be awesome. Yeah, so we'll have that nope. sometime towards the end of next month. Uh, I got some cool guests coming on. Actually, got another guy tomorrow. I double booked this week like an asshole. Nice. Yeah, yeah. not 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 nice. Because <laughs> um, guess who's not sleeping? Uh, Mitchell McGarvey. He's actually going to be competing this year in Spec D, I believe. Oh, really? Okay, cool. He drives a 350Z. First year in Pro-Am, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'll well, have Mitchell his... better hit me up. I haven't, I haven't heard from him. If you want to get into Spec D, you just go to the website and email me. I get you hooked up. Tell you what you need. Yeah, uh, I'm probably fucking wrong, too. Sorry. Uh, he might have just said something about doing something else. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Again, man. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. You bet. Thanks. The best to you and the family. Have a good one. Bye. I'll do. Later.